Welcome to Thrive Church Online. We are here to know God, to grow in Him, and go. We hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message. Man, it's so good to have you. Um, first service uh, was amazing. Uh, my dad actually gave my mom a ring for their 58th wedding anniversary, which is pretty dope. Um, I've got a friend of mine uh, who I preached for this year in uh, in Life Church uh, in um, uh, they say Nevada. Um, I really stink at spelling, but it looks like Nevada to me, uh, Missouri. Uh, and he said, "Watch and thrive, worship, bro. Uh, give them Jesus this morning." And then he said, "Love your parents." And uh, so, man, just a, just a shout out to uh, Pastor Kevin and his, his wife Kelly. Uh, just amazing folks. Um, but we're glad to have you here this morning. Um, excited. So we're wrapping up a series today um, in identity. And, and this has been one of those series for people um, that has uh, changed some folks' lives. Uh, because it, anytime you deal with identity, most things that get jacked up in our life um, have to do with the lack of identity. Most things that, that most honestly, tons of negative behaviors are wrapped up in a lack of identity. You ever seen people that just try too hard and you're like, Bo, stop. People that have to always be right. People that argue. I want you to look at your spouse or the person beside you and say, people who argue. I want you to look at the person that just said that to you and say, I don't argue. So anyway, so what happens? So what happens is this. Is uh, as I looked at identity, I couldn't help but think about the Apostle Peter. Uh, Apostle Peter is one of my favorite people out of the Bible uh, because he's known as the disciple with the foot-shaped mouth. I get it. Have you ever been like so passionate and then you figured out you were so wrong? Welcome to Peter's world, right? Like it is the Apostle just did it. But but what happens is this is is a lot of times. Um, when we have a lack of identity, really what we're saying is that we have a lack in, in uh, the trust of God's creation. Uh, matter of fact, I, I titled today's message, Don't Criticize God. Because a lot of times we do. So, so let's take a quick look at what happens in, in the Apostle Peter's life. In John chapter 13, uh, 36 through 38 from the New Living Translation, it says this. It says, Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? I get this question because I ask Jesus this all the time. Where are we going? What's what are we doing? Where where are we going? Like like what exactly are you doing in this? You ever been in a relationship and you're like, where's this going? You ever been at work and you're like, what's the point? Where's it going? You ever raised your kids and thought, where are they going? So I don't think this question is really unfair of, of Simon Peter. He says this, and Jesus replied to him, said, You can't go with me now but you will follow me later. And I think Peter's response is that, first of all, have you ever got to the place where you're just arguing with God over who you are and where you're going? I love Peter's response. He said this, well, why can't I come now? Like, like for real, what, what, wherever you're going, you look for three and a half years, dude, I've been with you. Let's go, let's go all the way back in time. You remember when, when Jesus first started this ministry and He made this statement, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part of me. And, and the only folks that were left were like the twelve. And He looked at Peter and was like, where, aren't you going to leave too? And Peter's like, where am I going? I guess if we're doing this whole cannibalism thing, let's do it. 
And I really think in Peter's life, it's like, it's not the worst thing I've done, Jesus. Like, drink a little blood, eat a little flesh. Like, there were some nights I did worse. So let's, right? Does anybody identify with where Peter's at? But I love it. He said, he, Peter says this. He goes, I'm ready to die for you. Now, if you just read this, you read it sometimes, and I read it like this for a long time, that Peter's just got such a great heart, he thinks he's ready to die for Jesus, right? But could it be that this actually reveals a little bit of Peter's identity crisis? Because you've got to think of who he's saying it in front of. There are 12 dudes. Two of them got in an argument on where they were going to sit around Jesus. And they got their mama involved. Which means Peter picked on them relentlessly for being mama's boys. Because you've got to remember, Jesus called 12 guys. Now, I, can I just, can I meddle for a minute? Dudes do dude things. My wife will look at people that are around our house, especially other women that come to visit, and she's like, yeah, the, 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 she says the boys. She goes, the boys are outside doing, doing guy stuff. You don't want to go. You don't want to go. Because inevitably, somebody's going to bleed. Inevitably, they're going to do something that women are not going to approve of. Do you know why? Because they're guys. Here's the thing. If there's a noise outside, she wakes me up and says, look, grab the 45, go find out what it is. If I hear you shoot all your bullets and then I hear one more, I'm calling 911. If I hear only one shot, I probably still need to call 911 because it means you probably hit what you're aiming at. Either way, she ain't going. She's locking the door behind me. There's a secret <laughs> knock to get back in, right? You know what? It's not her job. When we come to pick paint colors, I don't get a vote. I'm just like, look, girl, pick whatever you want. That's what we're putting on the wall. Because I don't care. If, if I decorate my house, it's all orange and white with University of Tennessee stuff. I don't go to the grocery store. I go buy a, pack, a thing of bread, some bologna, some cheese. All my lunches are covered. Biscuitville's open at 5 a.m. Breakfast is covered and cookout doesn't close till like all the drunk people go to sleep. It's the only thing, it's the only thing that's below Waffle House, right? Like, like it's there, but they got John 3.16 on their cup, so it's okay. It's like not Chick-fil-A, but it's still okay. Right? Like, so I'm just saying, like, like, like guys do guy stuff because we're guys. But the problem with it is anytime we build our identity on anything other than a godly sense of identity, we'll begin to build it on the wrong things. Remember that all those things become shift in sand or sink in sand. So when, when Peter looks at Jesus and says, man, I would die for you, what he's really doing is looking at the rest of the guys and going, see, I'm better. See, y'all didn't even think about saying you die for Jesus. Anybody that chimes in now is just a follower. Because I'm Peter, I'm a leader. This is what I do. Jesus said He was going to build His church on me. I am a leader. I go first. Here's the problem with titles. Titles can be taken away. I'm a dad right now, but if my son dies, I'm not a dad anymore. I'm a husband right now, but if my wife passes away, I'm, I'm not a husband anymore. Man, I, I can be financially successful today, but if the economy collapses, I'm broke. I'm a mom, I'm a dad today, but that see every season in your life is going to change. And if you build your identity on a season, you never build it on a rock. Does this make sense? So he looks at Jesus and he says, I die for you. And I love this. I'm going to read it a little bit in Adamism. He goes, die for me? 
I'll tell you the truth, Peter. Before the rooster crows in the morning, you'll deny me three times that you even knew me. Because here's the thing. What Peter wants to do is Peter wants to build his identity on Peter, not on Jesus. I wonder how many people today are struggling with who they are because they didn't build their life from the ground up and what God said about them. Matter of fact, in, in John chapter 1, verse 40 through 42, it's kind of it's kind of the renaming of, of Simon uh, to Peter. It says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who had heard what John said and then followed Jesus. And Andrew went to his brother Simon and told him, we found the Messiah, which means Christ. And then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said this, your name is Simon, son of John, but you'll be called Cephas, which means Peter, because Cephas in Aramaic and Greek both mean rock. He looked at him and said, dude, you're the rock. Dude, somebody call me the rock. I ain't talking about Peter. I'm talking about the rock. I'm talking about the rock from WWE to what, to what was the one he did with the little girl? He's a football player. Game plan? That's a swing. Right? But I ain't going to call him any names. You know why? Because he's the rock. Here's the problem. Peter wanted to build his identity on, on a title. And I had somebody ask me this first service. They said, do you think Peter had to fall so that he could really be the rock Peter built his church on? Yes. Because until you're broken, you can't rebuild identity. On the rock, I think that there's things inside of you that Jesus wants to call out, but you can't have them if you can't rebuild your identity. Matter of fact, if you, if you look, um, I think that, that part of the way that we really contest with God is we forget who created us. Genesis 1 chapter 27 or Genesis 1 verse 27 says this so God created man in his own image and in the image he created them male and female he created he said man I made you a masterpiece you're you are the only thing that God said that was very good man this is it this is the culmination matter of fact you're the only thing that God took the time to breathe his breath into everything else he spoke over you he breathed his breath into now watch this can you imagine going to some of the great um, art museums on our planet and walking up to a Picasso and going, this sucker used the wrong colors. He didn't know what he was doing. Can you imagine walking up to a Rembrandt being like, amateur. I don't know who this is, but they suck. Imagine walking up to the Sistine Chapel and going, I'd have painted it a flat white. It'd make the walls in here pop. Just a flat white. Just make it like every other ceiling. I'll tell you what, that dude did not, that cat did not know what he was doing. Man, you wouldn't think about doing that because here's the thing. If you walk into any of those environments and make those statements, everybody's going to stop and look at you and go, you, my friend, are a fool. Picasso is freaking Picasso. Rembrandt is Rembrandt. Like, like the Sistine Chapel, you don't say the ceiling at Walmart. You say it's painted like the Sistine Chapel. Like, like there's a reason we talk about it. Here's the thing. Why, do, why would we never in the presence of those master painters criticize their masterpiece? But we'll stand in front of a mirror and we'll criticize the masterpiece that God made each one of us to be. Do you ever wonder that when you talk about you, if you don't actually stand in contempt of God? Because He created you. But God said, I loved you enough that I sent my son to die for you. 
and I created you with all these purpose and all these dreams and all these things that I put inside of you. And then you have the audacity to stand in front of the mirror and tell me I was wrong. Matter of fact, it, it says this, that, that, that how you think about you will ultimately lead to the destiny that you accomplish. Scripture says this in Proverbs 23, verse 7. It says, uh, the English, the New King James Standard, I like the way it reads it a little better. It says, for such as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Jesus said, hey man, what you think about you is what you think about you. Uh, the ESV says it this way, for he's like the one who inwardly is calculating. You ever looked in the mirror and started taking score? Well, this is pretty good. This is bad. This is pretty good. This is bad. This is right. This is wrong. God, you did good here, but you let me down here. I love the quiet because it means you did it, but you don't really know whether to say amen or just run because you never really thought about it, that you're standing in contempt of God when you look in the mirror. Because we, we're calculated. Scripture says this, that the children of Israel went to take over the promised land, but they couldn't do it because they were like grasshoppers in their own sight. If you see yourself wrong, you will never take the promised land that God promised you. You'll never accomplish what God wants you to accomplish if you look in the mirror and you only see you. See, part of confidence is finding the ability to walk into any room at, with swag. But not you swag. You swag is dumb. Anybody remember? Okay, so some of y'all, because y'all are young people, don't, are not going to know what I'm talking about. But there used to be a TV show called The Jeffersons. It was a good show. And George Jefferson walked with a swag. He dipped a shoulder like, y'all know what I'm talking about. And so, so when I was in high school, I emulated George Jefferson. I was moving all up, right? So I kind of kept, so, so when you're teaching guys to walk with a little swag, make one arm a little stiffer than the other, and you lean into the, to the non-dominant, right? So you get a little, and I walked into, into school one day, and this lady looked at me and goes, hey, I'm sorry, do you have a problem with your foot? Because I'm like, i got to change my walk. I had a, right, And so what I figured out was if you try to be cool in you, if you try to have influence in you, if you try to just have identity built in you, you always sinks. But what if you switched it and said, God, the swag that I have comes from my father. Because I'm a son, because I'm a daughter, I have clout and I have influence. Now I'm going to take you back in town. Anybody remember Chelsea Clinton? She was an idiot. Now, I hope she's gotten smarter. I hadn't heard much about her. But back in the day, look, if you're the, if you're the daughter of a president, don't go clubbing. Anybody remember this? Her picture was all over the place clubbing in the 90s. Like, like everywhere she went. I got people going, I remember that now. She was everywhere, right? And like she always got the worst pictures of her taken. Like she's hammer drunk. You know, but here's the problem. Even in those moments when she walked into a room, she owned the room. Not because she had the ability to do it, because her daddy was the president. You're the president of the free world. Like, I don't care if you're an idiot, your dad's still the president of the free world. Your dad still has a box that follows him around that will wipe humanity off the face of the earth. You still got clout. So I wonder if this, I wonder if we can't walk in and own a room because we forget who our daddy is. We forget that we have authority not based on our own accomplishments, but on the accomplishments of our dad. That I'm valuable not because of anything that I did, but because of who my father is. 
Matter of fact, I think that, 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 that when we see ourselves as wonderful, we'll begin to see the wonderfulness in other people around us. You can't love other people. Remember Jesus said this, I want you to love one another as you love yourself. But some of y'all can't love anybody because you don't even love you. Until you love you, you can never love them. There's a rule in, in first responders that says this, don't die. Because two victims doesn't help the first victim. You can't really save anybody if you're not in a good place. You can't really speak into somebody's life until you have your identity so rooted in who you are in Christ that it can't be shaken. See, here's the problem. In, in like 10 days, you're going to go to your family's house for Thanksgiving. And you're going to start trying to prove stuff to people you don't even like. You're going to go to your in-law's house and you're going to try to gain favor with people you really don't care about. Because what it does is environments, if you're not rooted in identity, will take you out of your identity. Because a pseudo-identity is easily morphed. You ever walked into a room and felt like you had to prove something to somebody? It's because you don't know who you are. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a son of the king. Yeah, what kind of money you make? All of it. <laughs> My daddy's into cattle. Says he owns a cat, a, a, the cattle on a thousand hills. He got it all. Says that he uses the world as his foot still. Look, I, look, I am well backed. I'm qualified to be in any conversation. I'm qualified for any job. I'm qualified for any opportunity that the Lord lays at my feet. I will swing at it. I will hit it or I will foul it off. Either way, I'm going to learn something. But, but, but this is who I am. We don't like you. Don't care. I was, can I be honest? This isn't a political statement, but I was not a fan of the Clintons. If his daughter would have walked in, I'd have still given her honor. because I don't care who the president is. The office deserves honor, right? Look, you don't have to like me, but you better respect the office. That's not just for the pastor. That's for all of God's children. Look, you don't have to like me, but I would respect me because you don't want my dad mad at you. Anybody ever had somebody disrespect your kid? Look, I love Jesus with all my heart, but I will arrange a meeting if you come after my wife or my kid. No, you'll see a side of me Jesus may or may not have anything to do with. I may say things that I have to repent for, but it's okay. First thing I ever did was repent, right? That's how I became a Christian. You attack my family, I will send you to Jesus. Now, if I feel that way and I'm an evil dad who knows how to give good gifts, how much more does my Father in Heaven? How does He feel when He says, I'm your defender? Like, what does that really mean to you? Like, can you have your identity so rooted in God that you become unshakable for the kingdom of God? And not just, can I just say this? I think too many times the church talks about the kingdom of God and, and we forget that we need to live on earth for right now. Can you become so, so confident in your identity that it doesn't really matter what other people think? Psalms 139 says this, verse 14. It says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and... Now, come on. Wonderfully. Made. When was the last time you walked up to the mirror and you went, this is it. I'm wonderful. No, 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 for real. I am wonderful. This, look, God made this good. 
Matter of fact, God made this very good. Now, here's the thing. Everybody goes, well, pastor, that sounds prideful. There's a difference in the spirit of pride and take... Listen, if you didn't have a, a, a holy pride, you would not have brushed your teeth and put on deodorant this morning. You would not have ironed your clothes. You would not have brushed your hair. You would not have paid your bills. You would not... Right? Why did you go get a new car? Your old, your old one was probably still running, but it was a hoopty. Look, I keep cars for a long time. I keep cars till till we can't bring them back, right? You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's, that's a big investment. Like, But here's the thing. When was the last time you stood in front of the mirror and you were like, man, God made this very good. Some of you, the thought of saying that seems so foreign because you don't recognize the fact that when God made you, He made you in His perfection for a masterpiece. And if you can't see your masterpiece, you can never bring it out in other people. See, what Jesus did was He spent time with prostitutes and, 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 and alcoholics and, and the woman at the well and all these people because He saw so much value. And He didn't see the value in the people with political and religious influence. He looked in and He said, man, those people already have a pseudo version of themselves. You can have a real identity. That's why, that's why Mary Magdalene can, can come in and, and crack a year's worth of oil and start wiping it on Jesus' feet and crying and doing the hair thing, right? And people are like, you know, that's too much money. And she's like, I didn't ask you, Judas. I didn't, look, I didn't, I didn't need to get permission. I'm an adult. I made an adult decision to follow Jesus. And if I want to pour all my, all my oil out on His feet, well, you ain't got, stop it. Step back. I'm a daughter. I've got as much access to Him as you do. Now, see, that doesn't seem like a big deal because we live in a land of, of, of relative equality where women and men have access to the same thing. You've got to remember, this is the Middle East. She, she shouldn't even be touching Him. That's not her husband. And she's like, no, he ain't my husband, but he's my father. Come on. I can watch. Does this make sense? Because identity lets you step into things. And if you don't see yourself as wonderful, you'll never see yourself as anything. Now, this is free. I'm stealing this from my marriage series. But women, confidence is sexy. You, you girl, you, your wife, not your girl, because you, you better put a ring on it before you do this. Marriage is for uh, sexual intimacy is for the inside context of marriage only. Okay, just making sure we hit that. Your girl gets a, some lingerie. Anybody feel the Holy Spirit moving right now? And she comes out like this. Trying to cover it all up. You're like, come on girl, just leave the light on for a minute. I want to see. Men know what I'm talking about. Can I get an amen from grown men? Grown men do grown men stuff because we're married. And then, you ever seen her come walking out like she owning it? You're like, girl, come on. Come on, it's going, it's going to be one of them night. Come on, come on, come on, Jesus. You know what? Because having confidence is attractive. But here's the thing, it's not limited to women in lingerie. Women, have you ever watched a dude walk into a room and he was confident? You ever walked him up to meet your ex and he's like, hey, how you doing? You don't intimidate me. Like if you're trying to, men know what I'm talking about. You ever had him try to squeeze your hand hard and you're like, boy, let me tell you something. I'll rip that arm off and beat you to death with it. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to. We don't have to go down that road. Women, you ever walked up and seen the ex and you're like, whoo. But here, here's the way the enemy whispers. She's prettier than I am. She's 
And so you start devaluing yourself. What if you just walked up and said, you know, evidently this wasn't who I was supposed to be with. How you doing? You want to be BFFs? You want to flip somebody out, have somebody that, that isn't real sure what you think, put them under your wing and grin. They'll either think you're psychotic or anointed. Let them figure out which. Does this make any sense to you? Like, like I sit here and I look at this and I go, man, when was the last time you got up in the morning and you, set a, you had a set of confessions over your life that had the ability to change your life? Most people quote Scripture, but they don't understand actually how to apply Scripture. So here's the thing. If, 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 before I get there, what you say about you changes the trajectory of you. Matthew 18, 18, which is one of my favorite uh, uh, statements in the Bible, says this, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, whenever we do that, we're talking about people we're praying for, right? That's, that's generally the context. But if your mouth has the power to speak life and death, don't you think what you say about you matters more than what you say about other people? Like this, like by His stripes I'm healed, healed and made whole. I believe that. I believe in healing on earth. You cannot believe it. Um, that's okay, just be sick. doesn't bother me. Um, but I believe that it's not God's will for us to walk around in sickness. Sick, sickness came as part of the fall. I think that we battle sickness and we're appointed unto each man wants to die. I'm just choosing not to go out like, you know, that. I don't mind just not waking up. I just be like, hey Jesus, don't know how I got here, but hey, this is kind of a good day. What, if, what happens in your life when you make statements like this? I'm so stupid. Scripture says that if anybody re wants wisdom, let them ask and God will generally give. Why are you standing in contempt of what God's trying to do for you? You know, I, you know I'm broke. I'm always going to be broke. Wait, I thought that God said that you were the lender and not the borrower, the head, not the tail. I thought that he, he said you were more than enough. I thought he said all these things about your life. Why are you, why are you not looking for me? Because here's the thing. You believe 20% of what people say, but 80% of what you say. You better be careful what you say about you. Because could it be that God has this blessing, but you keep tying Him up? I'm about to break them through. Oh, great. They just said something stupid. We've got to wait and let them get through it. Okay, here we go now. Everybody get ready. Here we go. Ah, here they go again. How come it is every time we get a little bit of money, it goes right through our hands and something comes up and takes it? Could you maybe just thank God for provision before the problem got there? You're sitting there going, God, I can't hold on to money. God's like, well, I'm sending you stuff before it gets there and you're still complaining. I think God sent manna before they were hungry. They just had to eat it before the end of the day. So what if you sat there and you said, you know what, God, I'm going to create a set of confessions that loosen my life. I think this, I think that we were, we were created to win. Deuteronomy 28, 13 says this, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall only go up and not go down if you obey His commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and be careful to do them. Now, God is not looking for, for, for perfection, but if you want the favor of God, you better do the things of God. You can't go do you and do shady you and get God kind of blessings. That is not the way it works. Here's what I do believe. I believe that you were created to win. God said, I made you the head, not the tail. I made you to go up and not down. Does that mean that you'll never go through down seasons? Nope. But what it means is until you're on top, He ain't done. God never lets me go through something that He doesn't plan to advance me through. Hey, Goliath's here. Everybody be scared. Nope, I'll just go kill him. Now I'll become a king. 
Does this make any sense? Like, like, oh no, there's a lion. Well, I had to learn how to kill the lion before I could learn how to... Like, bad seasons are only bad seasons if you build a tent in them. So what if you got up every morning and you said this, here, here are the confessions I'm going to make. One of my favorites, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plan to bless you, prosper you, give you hope in the future. Now, most people will quote that and never take it any further. What if you quoted that scripture and then out from beside it, what does it really mean? It means that God has a plan for me today and my job is to walk in His plan. Well, what is His plan? His plan is to bless me. Look, favor ain't fair. I expect people to do things for me they're not going to do for anybody else. Not because I'm conceited, but because I'm a son of God. Why wouldn't you do it for me? Because here's the thing. If you do it for me, I'm going to go do it for somebody else. I'm not trying... Look, this isn't a prosperity gospel. This is a Jesus gospel. It's like, look, I'm blessed so that I can bless others. Not so that I can hoard wealth. I don't care anything about driving a Lexus or Ferrari. Well, I would like to drive a Ferrari once. So if you've got one in the driveway, if you just let me borrow it for five minutes, be sure it's insured. I'll probably bring it back. Um, now this is it. Okay, so this has nothing to do with Jesus. So a friend of mine had a BMW Z3 when they first came out. I told him, I said, John, before you get rid of this car, I want to drive it. But I only want it after you've worked the deal out. My son's second birthday he shows up and he's like, hey man, I'm trading the car tomorrow. It's technically already theirs. I said, give me the keys. My sister-in-law decided she wanted to go with me. I asked Tracy to go and she said, no, Brandon needs a parent to survive. <laughs> now I won't tell you the rest of the story, but I will tell you this. My sister-in-law said she would never get in a sports car with me again. Mission accomplished. Anyway, so what happens is this, is, is I expect favor to follow me. And, 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 and because of that, um, I look to be a blessing to other people. See, part of your ability to be blessed is the way you see the blessing. God, I, I, I want to receive this blessing, but, but not so that I can hoard it, but so that I can share it. He goes on and he says this, Romans 8.37 No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. So let's go back to the beginning of that, please, Christy. It says this, So in some things, I'm a winner. Do you know what winners do? Isn't there like a rap song? Oh, I do. Anyway. Um, now, yes, see, you're welcome. I ruined that song too. But God created you to win. Why? Because nobody wants to follow you if you're a loser. No, I, no. What's our point of life? Our point of life is not houses, cars, money. Our point is to get ourselves and as many other people from this life to heaven. Right? Because anything you get here is like, ain't gonna last. You get a new car, by the time you drive it off the lot, you got an old car. Eight months, it's, it's, an, it's, it's a really old car. You get an iPhone 15, by the time you get it, they're coming out with the iPhone 22. You go get the latest jeans. Look, I finally got a good stash of skinny jeans because I like them. They make me look, the top end look a little, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I, work, I play what I got, right? But here's the thing. My wife looked at me and said, hey, guess what? Bell bottoms are coming back in style. I said, no, they're not. No, they're not. No. In Jesus' name, no. Because I never understood old people that just decided to fashion train right here as far as I'm going. 
until now. God said, look, man, in all things you're an overcomer. You're a winner. When's the last time you got up and looked in the mirror and went, man, today I win. You know, maybe, maybe my husband will left me. Maybe my wife left me. Maybe my, my factory closed down. Maybe my, my family doesn't like me. Maybe, you know, but today I win. Today it changes. Because such as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You know what? I'm a winner today because here's the thing. Anybody ever seen that blessed uh, bumper sticker on like an 85 Civic? No, there's nothing wrong with the 85 Civic. Here's what I believe. I, I don't believe in car payments. I don't believe in payments. Like, like I, I went and looked at a car this week and the guy said, what kind of payments do you want? I said, bro, you got the wrong dude. You trying to payment shop, I, I overall number it. Well, this ain't Monopoly money. When I sign my name, I'm signing it for that amount of money. So here's we're not we're not talking payments. We need to talk money. He's like, what, what what do you mean? I just need your social security. Said, no 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 you don't. He's like, well that's not the way we do it. And I said, well I guess we're at an impasse. He said, well let me go get my sales manager. Said, That's probably a smart thing. Because I don't shop payments. Because payments how they keep you broke. Anyway, that's I'm meddling now. So what happens? What happens when you when you come in and you go? I'm more than a conqueror and I'm built to win. So today I'm going to start winning. In Jesus' name. Because here's the thing, I can't bless you broke. I see that, that blessed sticker on an 85 Civic and I just want to walk up the window and be like, dude, one, you've got one hubcap. You're not helping us sell Jesus to anybody. Can I get a witness? You want to take marriage advice from somebody whose wife just left them? You want to take marriage, you want to take financial advice from somebody living in a box. You want to take Jesus' advice from somebody whose life is a train wreck. No. Here's the thing. I started following Jesus because I, I knew that there was a hole in my heart and I saw this dude who seemed like he had it together and he had something that I needed. And then I gave my life to Jesus and I went, hey dude, how do you do the things? He had a good marriage. I'm like, dude, how do I have a good marriage? Not that I want one because at the time I really didn't want a woman. Dudes know what I'm talking about. We don't dream of our wedding. Can I get an amen? And never, look, G.I. Joe ain't never married Lady Jane. Thank y'all for getting that. But here's what I do know. I do know that God created me to win because I'm His son. How many of you have a son and you look at him and go, you know what, I really hope you, you end up mediocre. You know what I'd love for you? I'd love to teach you some stuff. You know what I think I do? I want you to walk through as much pain as humanly possible because that'll teach you. Scripture says this, if you're evil fathers and know how to give good gifts, how much more does your father in heaven know how to give good gifts? Here's what I believe. I believe that when you create an identity, and here's, here's kind of your homework for the day, because I hate when you come to church and I preach a good message, but you don't do anything with it. Here's your homework. I mean, you need to go home and come up with five or ten confessions that are scripturally based. Don't try to send good vibes. I don't have any idea what a good vibe is. I'm going to send you good thoughts. Never got a good thought from somebody else. I've had some great ones on my own. Here's what I do think. I think that you need to walk up to the mirror and say this. You know what? By His stripes I'm healed and made, made whole. So all these people worried about all this sickness and junk. 
There's no sickness going to come near my tent or evil that's going to befall me. You know what? I am good. Look, I'm going to be healed. If everybody around me gets sick, Jesus, you're going to keep me well. I'm going to go to my family and if my grandma's sneezing, I ain't going to get scared. If I go to Walmart and I sneeze, I'm not going to feel the need to explain to everybody around me that it's not COVID. <laughs> How many times have you sneezed? I'm sorry. Hey, it's just allergies. It's just allergies. Everybody? It's just allergies. You know, I'm going to free myself from the mental torment that comes from that because God gave me a sound mind. So here's what I'm going to do. When I walk into Thanksgiving or my office or my in-laws or my outlaws or my neighbor's house, I'm going to be at peace in my mind. Because God said this, I'm, I'm, I'm more than an overcomer in all situations. So in everything, I'm going to choose to win. When I go to Walmart, I'm going to win. We went yesterday to Highway 55, a great restaurant. A friend of mine used to own it. Guy used to go to church here, used to, uh, used to own it. He just sold it. And I was like, hey, let's go to Highway 55 so we can get in and out really fast. An hour and a half later on their busiest day, the bill came. Now, have you ever tried to give a waitress a hint like you take the lid off your drink and push it to the edge of the table so when she walks by, she's... There's no beverage. I try to tee it up well for people. They didn't get it. Here's the thing. I had, a, I, had a, I had a moment that I had to figure out if I was going to win or lose. So I walked up and I, and I signed the tip and I, I pulled the, the waitress aside and I said, hey, you guys were really busy today and I want you to know you did the best job you could and I know some people probably didn't tip you really well because y'all were so busy, but I just want to let you know we did because we want you to know that we recognize how hard you were working. She teared up and said, God bless you. Thank you so much. I needed to hear that today. And I was like, you know what, God? It, it ain't over till I'm winning. Does this make sense? How, how many people, your kid needs to hear words of encouragement spoken over them, but you need to encourage you first or you don't have anything to give out. I talked to a mom and she goes, man, I feel like I've got patient with everybody else's kid and I don't have with mine. And I'm like, you know why? Because you poured it out on everybody else's kid. We just need to get you a bigger cup. And part of that starts in the mirror. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm patient. I'm not asking for patience, God, because I know that trick. That's like looking at your dad and telling him the grass needs to be mowed. Guess what you're going to be doing in about three minutes? Do you know what, God? I am an overcomer. I'm loved by you. I'm good enough to sit at any table and talk to any person on this planet. God, I thank you that opportunity that I don't deserve is coming my way. That's why Jesus said, given it and it'll be pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will men come and lay it at your feet? Work is not a dirty word. It didn't come after the fall. It came before the fall of man. Work is a part of God's plan because work lets us accomplish something. Accomplishing things let us see the hand of God at work because if God can build clay, He can build me. Does this make any sense? So I wonder today, if you're not walking into your promised land because you see you wrong, that you're so busy criticizing God's handiwork that you can't see God's hand. That God can't get you where you're going and do in your life what you're doing because your own tongue is binding you up. You ever made this statement? I'm always late. Man, I never clean up after myself. You ever notice? Any of y'all ever have, have a boy raised a little kid? It's a boy. 
One, they always pee on the seat. They have no, no sense of aim or direction. And they leave their stuff everywhere. Now, imagine looking at your son his whole life and going, hey, you never hit the toilet and you never put your stuff up. You never hit the toilet, you never put your stuff up. You never hit the toilet, you never put your stuff up. You never put your stuff up, you never hit the... You know what that boy's going to do? He's going to grow up and fulfill your prophecy over his life. My wife doesn't love me like she's supposed to. Oh, you don't love me. You don't love me. You don't. You don't. Guess what she's going to grow up and do? What if we instead choose to spoke life over ourselves so that we can speak it over other people? That's what Jesus did. Jesus would look at people and be like, who do you think I am? I know. I know who I am. I don't really care what you say. You're Elijah. Nope. Because knowing who you are is going to help you know who you're not. I have chosen. I'm not, I'm not patient by nature. I want it done yesterday, but I want it done right. But I want it done at Mach 3, but right. If I call you and you don't answer, I'm texting you because you should have been free. I'm not saying it's right, I'm repenting through but I've, I made this decision. I'm going to be patient. I'm also not going to be frustrated. I breathe. I woke up one day and said, you know what, God? I am free from frustration. You can't make me anything. You ever had a car in front of you go, this guy's making me so mad. Well, stop letting him. He didn't create you. He can't make you. God makes me and I get in agreement with it. You know what God made me? The fruit of the Spirit. First one's patience. Well, actually self-control, Right? Love, joy, peace, patience. Actually, love's the first one. Anyway, I had to do them in my head. I only know the fruit of the Spirit if I do them in order. So anyway, so here's the thing. God made me this way. Why don't I walk in it? Why don't I get up and just love people? Why don't I just walk up and be joyous? Wake up and be joyous. When was the last time your confession of your life? I'm going to enjoy today. I'm going to be so joy-filled, people are going to think I'm crazy. Anybody ever lost their joy? Go find it. It's waiting on you. You know what? I just feel such in turmoil. Well, just go get your peace. It's yours. You just forgot to get up and claim it. Please don't make confessions over your life. Here's the thing. You should brush your teeth twice a day. More if you can. But at least twice a day. As you get up in the morning, this is just a PSA. Brush your teeth. Y'all could amen that. Before you go to bed, brush that junk off your teeth. Just brush the day away. It's good. So here's the thing. On your mirror, you should have five to ten confessions that are biblically based, but you expound upon what they mean. And as soon as you're done brushing your teeth, before you're done brushing your teeth, you need to make those confessions over yourself before you get up, get your day going, before you go to bed. This isn't self, this isn't that that self-healing junk that you see in books and all that stuff. This is Jesus stuff that has the ability to change you from the inside out. Because here's what I believe. I believe that you were created to win so that you could win people to God. You were created to be blessed so that you can bless people that don't know as much as you do. Scripture says people perish for lack of a prophetic understanding, for lack of vision. You have to know what God's doing in your life so that you can help other people see what God is doing in theirs. And if you see yourself as a loser, you can't, you can't win anybody. 
because you're too busy fighting your battle to go help somebody else fight theirs. Today's the day your life can change. Today's the day you can never be the same again. You can't. Here's the reality. You can't walk out of this message and do nothing. You either have to accept it and do something about it or reject it and continue the train that you're on. The problem is I don't think the train that some of us are on is going to the station we want to live at. So today's the day to change. Can we pray? Father, as we come to close, first of all, I just I thank You for this day, God. I thank You for for all that you're doing in the hearts and lives of people, God. I, I, I thank you that today you're giving us the ability to see ourselves as sons and daughters of Jesus, God, that, that you're giving us the opportunity, God, to walk in what you actually created us to walk in. God, that, that, that you're giving us an identity, not built on us, but built on you, God. Not built on, on shifting and sinking sand, but God, built on a rock. God, built on truth, built on hope, built on promises that you made to and about us. So Father, for everybody who's here that is a Christ follower, God, will you let them walk in the fullness of what you've had? God, I'm, I'm tired of watching sons and daughters act like, like less than and, and has-beens. God, these are the people of God. These are the children of God. God, as they honor you, as they follow your, your, your commandments, God, will you let blessing and honor follow them everywhere they go? God, let your favor that ain't fair follow them everywhere they go. God, let your protection be above that which anybody could ask for. God, let your provision be excessive, God. But in that, let us recognize that it's you and not us, God. Let us honor you with our gifts, God, whether they be physical or financial or, or even our health, God. Let us honor you with our life. If you're here today and you go, you know what, Pastor, I would, I would love to have what you're talking about, but I really am not where I'm supposed to be with Jesus. Whether you're here or you're online, man, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I do want you to slip your hand up because I want to pray with you. Thank you so much. Anybody else? It just goes, you know what, Pastor? I'm not where I'm supposed to be with God. Thank you. Can we pray across this building and online? Can we just pray together? Dear Heavenly Father, right now I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Make me right with you. Today I'm glad that you've adopted me as a son or daughter of the King. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you give these folks a round of applause? Biggest decision you'll ever make. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the Give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss what's coming next.